Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 13 of Our Time Is Now. We are going to do a special segment for Wrestling With Time number 3 right now in dedication to the legend, to the man, the myth, who is already a legend in his own right, but had so much more potential to give to this industry and I'm wearing my Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt fedora, in memory of this man, the great exalted one, Brody Lee. He was breaking through potential. He was coming through as a new star, breaking away from WWE, finally starting to get the shine that he should receive. You know, the, the star power that he held deep within inside him that the world needed to see. And uh, although short-lived... That star shined bright, and uh, I thank you for the memories, even when you were part of the Bludgeon Brothers, from your days in WWE as Luke Harper, to your days as the exalted one, Mr. Brody Lee. This is for you, my friend. Thank you. Rest easy. Continue looking over your family, which I know you will, and I think wrestling will never be the same. And you will live on in the hearts of the people's lives who you've touched, the children who were able to grow up watching you, even the grown men who were able to grow up watching you and in the later years of my age, being able to enjoy some of your matches, some of the talent, ah, you know, some of those clotheslines, those crazy big boots, like the stuff that we loved seeing. So this is for you, my friend. Salute to you and everything you have done, the foundation that you've laid in the wrestling industry, I'm sure will be an inspiration to future stars to build on top of. And with that, I'm going to call my man Tree J up, Tree J Roden, and we're going to get this episode started, Wrestling With Time, episode three. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. That's a different ring. There he is. They're here. There he goes. I see you, man. We're here. This is the light of immortality. And with this, we will make sure that your legacy will never be forgotten, my brother. Now, as we have done in the past, we're here. Great, great shit, kid. Good shit. That's Uh, awesome. I actually want to welcome us to... Wrestling with Time 3, that was an awesome way to open the show, pay the proper tributes to the man. Um, It's good to be back, man. I know we were planning to do this actually on December 29th, which would have been the 23rd Starcade anniversary for Sting beating Hogan. We're going to postpone that this week. Um, I did the intro on December 29th when we were going to originally schedule the show, but things came up 
I got into the car accident on the third. We were going to plan it back, so shit got really pushed back. But we're here nevertheless, and we got a lot of shit to catch up on, a lot of things to talk about on the show today. Um, you want to set it off, brother? What's on your mind? Well, well, today, today's episode is also a remembrance episode of John Huber. If nobody knows who he is, he is the late Luke Harper and Brody Lee from AEW. He recently had pretty much, um, from what I'm getting, it, he was having like a really bad asthma attack. He had really bad lungs. Don't know if it was COVID-19 yet. They still haven't given a full report on it yet, but they're saying that he, he might have had like a really bad asthma attack. He had bad like breathing problems with his lungs. Um, that's even though that's like almost two weeks old now, that's that it's still really big news. And last night there was a big change to TNA or impact wrestling for however you want to call it. But the bullet club is now in, Impact Wrestling with AEW World Champion Paul Anderson and Luke Gallows on his side. The Bullet Club has now invaded Impact Wrestling. Yeah, man. Welcome to the news. Well, I, I saw them actually. I mean, they were in AEW. They, they've been making appearances there recently, and I think AEW is open to the factor of collaboration with other promotions where WWE keeps it strictly in-house. But they might start to have to break out of that element to continue to prosper and grow. Who knows? But I think it's beautiful to be able to not be confined to one labor per se. I'm just surprised that Tony Khan is actually going ahead with working with other companies. Because I remember when AEW was first forming about like a year ago, uh, Tony Khan was very like iffy on doing stuff with other promotions and other promotions were the same way. They were very iffy on working with AEW. Like um, certain superstars like Dean Ambrose, who's now known as John Moxley mm -hmm. on AEW, he goes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's in his contract. He doesn't, you know, he's contracted to AEW, but in his contract, he's allowed to go to do different areas and, you know, make extra money for whatever he wants. But I, it's surprising to me, that AEW is now allowing their superstars to go to another televised wrestling business in the United States. So are we looking at a new invasion of a, you know, let's just be quite honest, AEW has grown, grown tremendously. Told you, man. It's grown tremendously. I knew it was going to happen. Their, their, their talent's phenomenal. It's still considered, it's still considered a B-plus show, and mm -hmm. from where it started last year or two years ago, depending on how you really look at it, people say that AEW started with the in-house shows and all that. I, I look at it as television yeah. when you guys are now on TV. You know, like uh, Jim Cornette would say the say you know, Jim Cornette was never really big on the television thing. He ran his thing the way he thought he had to do it. Television's good for the publicity, get your name out and do the whole thing. But when it comes to it, I, it television's really the way it is where you make your start and if you can keep going from there. Mm -hmm. So it, they have done tremendously well. I give them that. They have the best people in production. And the funny part is most of the people that work for AEW are former WWE yeah. employees. Well, dude, there was and never another way to go. Production. 
it was monopolized. There was never another place you were able to go and be successful. And like like you said, even though it's a B plus or whatever show, I feel they really got the momentum rolling, especially this year, being everything was shut down. They're still going strong to get their home base. I don't know if you saw that show, the, the Brody Lee tribute show that they did, bro, but I think that was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen like as a display of artwork and your passion in your craft put on everybody went above and beyond that show bro it was just ridiculous action high impact risking it all and negative one was there in the front row his birthday show is actually this wednesday coming up so uh i, I have a feeling that's going to be one hell of a show also bro they're putting on they're putting on quite the clinic the industry can learn from these guys well, when you got people like JR and Chris Jericho and the guys from New Japan Pro Wrestling, like, you know, let's not sell any of these guys short here. Back in the early 2000s, AJ Styles tried out for WWE. Mm -hmm. He didn't make it. So he went to NWA Wrestling, which was still doing you know, bingo halls. Yeah, you know, dude, I saw like AJ that. Styles with Carvano when they came to Sports Plus and Samoa Joe, and it was ROH. Mick Foley was there signing autographs and yeah. shit. Ring of yeah. Honor. And we were like third, fourth row, bro. And let me tell you, that was a hell of a show. I didn't even know who the fuck both of them were at that time. And Carvano's putting me it onto the knowledge. Like, bro, these are TNA wrestlers. I was like, what? I don't even know what AJ TNA AJ Styles 13 years to get to the WWE. He was in a televised heat match in 2003, and then he didn't debut until 2016. You know, like, you know, like Kenny Omega. Not a lot of people know this. Kenny Omega used to be a WWE superstar. He used to be a developmental star for FCW and also uh, OVW, Ohio Championship Wrestling, which was run by Jim Cornette. Mm -hmm. I I don't like Jim. 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 If you're watching this, go fuck yourself. Uh, anyway, um, he... they. Kenny Omega never made it to the WWE. Never did, because he didn't like the style, and he had to adapt to a different style. Kenny Omega is from Canada. He's from the same area as... Jericho, probably. <laughs> he's, in the, uh, he's from the same area as pretty much like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Chris Jericho, you know. They, Winnipeg they area? Yeah, Toronto, well, or... Winnipeg, Toronto, pretty much, you know, like the big cities of Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, you know, where they grew up. Wherever they got their trading in proper. Big cities, usually more than small cities. So, Kenny Omega used to be a WWE developmental star. Never made it because he couldn't adapt to the style. He went to New Japan and he became a legend in the business. When I first heard of Kenny Omega, it was around 2000 and. I'm probably going to say 2014. I, I started catching on to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I was only interested in Kenny Omega matches because he, the way he works is so fluent. Oh, now I know insane. that I know that there are people out there that'll say that you know he's probably sloppy in certain areas, and you know everybody's sloppy in the ring. Everybody is. Nothing is a pitch perfect match to where everything can be core. You know. To where everything can be rehearsed. Yes, folks. Spoilers. Kayfabe. Uh, to where that you can't get hurt that much. And it doesn't make it look like you botched a move. 
it, it, I've heard people say that, you know, when Kenny Omega does his flying elbows and he does his flying kicks and everything, you know, he's sloppily doing everything. I don't believe that. Yeah, yeah. The guy, it, it, you incorporate your style to make it work the way you want it like, to dr- work. Almost like Drunken Master style, bro. Like, back in playing Tekken and shit, you know, though? Like, How about this? Triple H. He is insane. He can't wrestle for his fucking life. He cannot wrestle for his life. I love the game. He's a great character. Yeah, yeah, he is. As a wrestler, yes, he's went through the hardest stuff that there is. But, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to the game, uh, I don't have the best promos. uh, So, sue me. I I, I could care less. I'm I'm, I'm giving you my thoughts as Jim Cornette would give you his thoughts. And you could fuck off and go. You don't have a pot to piss in and a window to throw it out of. I'm not going to lie. I did tune into Raw this week for the first time in probably over six months eight months, I don't know, a year. It's been forever since I've watched Raw or SmackDown or any WWE event because on Wednesday nights, I'm a strictly all-elite guy. And uh, I haven't even watched an episode of NXT yet. I know I've been meaning to tune in, but if I want to watch NXT, it means I have to miss AEW, and I'm an AEW guy. So they should have went NXT on Thursday if they wanted me to fucking watch it. But just my opinion. Um, But I, I did tune into Raw because I saw Triple H was making a return and he started the feud with Randy a little bit. And I was like, okay, bring him back the little evolution element. I like it, Randy. I like it a lot. And uh, I figure, I figure that's one legend. It's one legend Randy's got to kill, even though he already did beat the game before. I feel like if Triple H is going to go out, he even though he ain't going to go out like that. Randy Orton has beaten Triple H three times in single matches. Yeah. I know. Didn't you beat him for the title? And two of them a couple times. are at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Who, who did Randy beat for SummerSlam or whatever it was, 04, when he became the youngest champion? Was it Benoit? Yes, he pinned. He, uh, hey, hey, you can't say that word. We can get thrown off of certain platforms. Well, no, I'm joking. Benoit, okay. I love Benoit. I mean, it was horrible what he did. He's I think we've discussed it before. but. Business. Yeah, I know. It's horrible what happened, but I mean, I can't take away the memories that he gave me as a kid growing up watching him. And uh, Here's a good memory. You know, I'm, I'm just 24 saying. Like, years, 24 years ago yesterday, or was it 21 years ago yesterday? I don't remember. It's probably 22. 20, uh, anywhere between 21 to 23 years ago yesterday, Chris Benoit won the WCW World Heavyweight Championship on live television. Uh, four Horsemen. Chris Benoit? Yes. Yeah. Yep. The first time that Chris Benoit actually won the world heavyweight title. That I, was uh, I just remember when he won it. Uh, years ago yesterday. I remember when he was at WrestleMania 20 and he won the title and Eddie was champion or Eddie had slipped the boot on Kurt that time and they came in the ring and hugged, bro. And that was awesome seeing these two guys who came from WCW to rise up the ranks in WWE and who were once part of the opposition are now that leading the, the company. That was the whole storyline of the. Uh, that was the whole. It's funny how you're saying that. That was the whole storyline to WrestleMania 20. It was supposed to be a feel good moment that these are going to be the next two big stars in the business to carry the business for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. And and it was a come up in story because they came from a brand that didn't like them. When did Eddie the die? Oh, six, bro. And they had to take their lickings and their rankings and made it all the way up. The- yeah, when did Eddie die? Oh, six? Eddie was oh, six. He passed away? 
05. 05. Oh, Benoit was 06. Benoit was a year Benoit after. Was, no, Chris Benoit 07. was June 20, no, June 24th, 2007. Okay, so it was two years. That's crazy, Chris though. Benoit two guys, was, pinnacle of their prime of their career. And then just Chris a few Benoit short years later, both gone. Chris Benoit was supposed to wrestle CM Punk for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, ECW, uh, I believe it was one night stand. Yes, ECW's one night stand, and it, it, it was for a va- it was for the vacant ECW title. And originally, it was supposed to be that Chris Benoit was going to go over CM Punk, and they were going to have a four month feud to where that Benoit was going to drop the title to Punk, and then Punk was going to carry the business until the business faded out, and then he was going to jump right into the main title picture on Monday Night Raw. He read that was the original plan, and then Chris Benoit was going to start doing his own stuff. If you see the Jericho and the uh, Susan uh, documentary about Chris Benoit and everything, uh, the girl Sue, that's uh, Nancy's sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched a podcast from uh, Talk is Jericho with her. Yeah. Uh, her, uh, her name's Sandy. Sandy, I'm sorry. Uh, she talks about that when Chris was supposed to stop in-ring competition, he was supposed to start his own training school and start training the next two or three generations of wrestlers. Yeah. Would have been and, and, he was, and, and, and the WWE already had a plan for him. From when he was done out of the ring, they wanted him to be the coach, yeah. the actual training coach on who now Matt Bloom, who is known as Prince Albert, A Train, yeah, and working Lord at the Performance Sign. Center. Yeah. Speaking of CM Punk, uh, I don't know if you saw the article or the read up on it, but he actually did a great thing for Mr. Brody Lee. He uh, donated the month's proceeds of his t-shirt sales to go help benefit the family which i think is awesome i didn't realize they were that close like that i missed out a lot on the cm punk era as i've explained to you on the show before but um let me tell you something you want attitude era go watch 2011 to 2014 that is pretty much attitude era just watch all the cm punk shit yeah that is that to me wrestling got me captivated again i was like oh my god we're actually gonna have a fun time he was dope and, and, and for three years he produced and produced and produced and then they just kept fucking him and fucking him and fucking him the reason why the, the real reason why that he left was because the the main thing that really got him pissed off was that after holding the WWE title for four hundred uh, for uh, four hundred and thirty four days, yeah, Vince McMahon wanted him to drop it to The Rock at the Royal Rumble, and The Rock was just a one stop shop pony at that time. Like I'm coming back from Hollywood and real Vince quick. Said I'll owe you one. After The Rock and Cena have their feud, you can feud with John Cena and win the title back. After the first month of the pay per view, we just want to just up, mm-hmm. you know, we just want to produce for their match. Yeah. Even though that if you're going to have John Cena versus The Rock in a rematch the year later, you really need the WWE title. I, well, to me, it heightens it, bro. It heightens it for the kids. The way that they the do line. WrestleMania, the way that they've been doing WrestleMania and the shows, I mean, like, you can even go back then from like 2007. To about 2015, 
It was like a 22-year-old was playing general manager mode on live television, fucking with everybody because they were rewriting the show at the last second. That's my honest opinion. It feels like somebody was playing live general manager mode, making everything up as they go. I, I used to hate that shit, bro, live general manager mode. That shit was so hard. I'd make the illest matches, fucking have titles on the line. I'd still get like a two rating. I'm like, what the fuck is this, bro? It was so hard, that shit. It, it, it takes a lot of patience. I have two. I have. I have SmackDown versus Raw 2006, SmackDown versus Raw 2007, 08, 09, all on for the PlayStation 2. And I, I love the games. General Manager mode is my favorite. Really, I, I hated that shit. General Manager mode is the shit. You just got to know. You just got to know uh, uh, the way to make it go fast. And to make sure everything goes as easy as possible. You want to keep backing out of the screen if the computer chooses first. If the computer chooses first, keep backing out of the screen, backing out of the screen until you can choose the first one. Oh, for the draft? Yes. Now, the four main people that you want to grab. Brock Lesnar. Is the under no, in, uh, two, from, uh, from 06 to 08, Brock Lesnar was not in the game. All right. Um, you want to grab The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, John Cena, and Kurt Angle. Those are the people you want to grab right off the bat. Anybody else, you can make a good pick off of, but the four main superstars you want, you want those four superstars. Because out of all those four, you can have eight months of matches. Because they're all old rivalries did general manager mode ever end bro or that shit just went on forever right like it went from like year to year general manager mode ended after you won wrestlemania if you didn't get the wrestlemania trophy you had to redo it again okay but if you get the wrestlemania trophy at the end of the year at you know at wrestlemania what do you unlock in the game for that because i never unlocked that um you can i no um I believe you unlocked the million dollar man, his belt, and uh, you get the WrestleMania trophy, which allows you to get pretty much if you have everything locked on like your main screen, you know, like certain titles and stuff. If you get the WrestleMania match, it unlocks everything. Okay. okay. Uh, that's only in 06, 07. GM mode's a little different. It's a, it's a lot more fun on 07 because it, it, it goes like that. Quick. Yeah, if you're by yourself. Yeah, well, the first year, it was like they were experimenting with that, you know, 06, I think it was the first year, or 04, maybe. I don't remember which one was the first, but they were experimenting with it. It was kind of like, let's try this feature out. SmackDown versus Raw 2006 was the first one. I'm pretty sure I have 06 in here somewhere in my uh, Um, collection. I I remember we used to play that shit, bro. We used to have some dope-ass matches in your old basement back in the day, bro, playing that shit. Up to 08, I think we used to play. 08 or 09. Even though I didn't really watch wrestling much in those years. but um, No, because everybody kind of, you know, I know that we talked about this in previous episodes. Everybody, like, went away from wrestling because, yeah, it's fake. And... You know, yeah, but you know what? Um, you know what pisses me off, dude? You don't even know are gone. You know, are here and like 
Where's like Kurt Angle? Where's like all it's the entertainment, other people that dude. people grew up with? Yeah, it's entertainment. And, and yeah, once once you mean. once I think once I like triple that's why I tuned in the Raw the other day. Triple H, Randy Orton. I'm like, I grew up watching these guys. I know it's a hell of a show, but most of the people I grew up watching aren't there anymore. So it's kind of like, eh, you know. But uh, I, to me, watching Triple H versus Randy Orton is like watching John Cena versus Randy Orton. You've seen them all. Yeah, yeah. But it's I mean, I haven't seen imagine. it in 10 John years, Cena so it's Randy like, Randy I know Orton. Game is getting up there in age, so it's dope to just see him still step in there, do his thing. And Do you know the only reason why he likes to do WrestleMania hmm. is so that he can come out on a bitchin' motorcycle with Stephanie behind him in hot fucking leathers and him wearing this fucking skeleton thing with like six chicks around a throne coming out of the ground. Yeah, You know, his it's entrance at WrestleMania alone is $250,000. Yeah. That's a lot of money just for a fucking entrance. Well, it's, 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 we, yo, actually, we haven't caught up in a long time because, um, we would, I don't even think we discussed, we had an episode where we were able to discuss the return of the icon, Sting, bro. Sting is back in AEW now, and that was fucking Woo! awesome to see. And he signed a long term contract, and right now he's kind of being like, Darby Allen's little uh, mentor, per se, you know, he's like, I, I see some things are familiar, and he points to, like, the bleachers, and Darby's up there by himself, you know, and uh, yeah, but the rise the thing. They, it, it, it's weird how they're going to do Sting's storyline. Now, he originally came in to back up Cody Rhodes because... Dusty was, you know, Sting's good friend in WCW and everything. So that's one thing. He's paying respect to his father by taking care of his son. Yeah. In another aspect, he's now going to be a watcher in the skies to... Like, I, who, I, I think... Who, to who will eventually... And this is my opinion. They're going to build up Cody Rhodes... Versus Darby Allen all the way to fucking um, double or nothing too. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. So, and that's going to be for the world title. I'm thinking, bro, yeah, I'm thinking he's going to be more of an enforcer for AEW than up. a wrestler talent, you know? They're, they are going to build that up to where that Sting's going to have to be the special guest referee. And then Sting's going to turn on Cody Rhodes. You think so? Which and if that happens, it's a WWE move, and I called it first. I think he's like, it's kind of like he's playing out the sheriff role that Steve had when Steve retired and couldn't really wrestle no more, and then he came back as the sheriff. I think that's what they're doing. <laughs> Sting's going to be like the enforcer. He's a long-term contract. He's a face that brings value to the company. He's a legend, obviously. Everybody gets excited to see him. They got the snow now. And... In on a good suspense on that? Build up Darby Allen, build up Cody Rhodes all the way to double or nothing electric boogaloo. I Go fucking like Darby Rhodes, though. I think he is a cool... I mean, Darby in Allen. <laughs> Darby Rhodes, yo, that would be a dope tag team, referee. though. Darby Rhodes. <laughs> Make Sting the special guest referee. If in the middle of the match, it looks like somebody's, you know, let's say Cody's egging him on to, you know, beat the crap out of Darby Allen or something, you know, while he's down so that he can make sure that he can get the pin, you know, like do like a dirty move. Or Darby Allen does the same thing. Don't have Sting turn on either guy. Just have him walk right out of the ring. Yeah. And walk right up to the curtain and lights go out. Lights come back on. 
they're gone. Yeah. That's how you would end the match at double or nothing for the title because now you can get another month of of suspense for a title match, which would be killer. Because then at that point, Sting can really side with who he wants to. And then at that point, we can get the WWE filler of where he'll turn on the one guy. Or in that case, he just says, fuck both of you. And he just walks away and finds something else to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or I, I would like, I would even like that. That would be a good story. Even if they build a faction out of it, bro, do like a faction out of it, and they they wind up coming in together, and then Sting's kind of like their manager because, really, what AEW is doing is they're bringing really a lot of legends back to be, you know, valets uh, to be managers. You got Taz, you got um, the old Jake fo- the Snake. Yeah, Jake the Snake. You got the old Four Horsemen guy. Uh, what's his name? Terry Blanchard. Got, um, Terry Blanchard. You got Tony Blanchard. Tony you got Blanchard. Arn I thought Anderson. it was Terry Blanchard. Yeah, Arn Anderson. Tully. Tully, T- Tully Blanchard. Blanchard. Tully. Yeah, yeah. Tully. Tully Blanchard. Yep. He's before my time. I didn't really. Yes, you got. I didn't realize he was one of the original four horsemen until recently. Yes, I always and thought... also, also, um, I always thought it was Flair Tully Benoit. Blanchard. No, the original four horsemen. Arn Anderson, Flair, Flair, AA, Flair, Double A, Tully, Tully Blanchard, and um, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Really, Hammer Valentine. Okay. If if my memory serves me and correct, who was the sec- Who was the second Four Horsemen? It was Eddie Malenko, no, Benoit, wait, 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 and wait, hold on. Was Eddie in there? I know it was Malenko. The original Flair Benoit. Tully Blanchard, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair. Actually, the original four horsemen wasn't four guys, it was five guys. Fucked up how how that is because it, it I'm, is I'm not a huge fan of um, Mondo, bro. McMichael when he was a horseman. I was watching like, Mondo, a lot of dude, According to what everybody says, Mike Mondo is a fucking cool dude outside the ring. Nothing against him outside the ring. Wasn't a personal fan of him fitting in the whole four, four horsemen picture. He was a former football player. Like I, I just don't, like I don't think he was like in the business as much. Like Eddie and Benoit okay, Malenko, um, these guys were born in their blood. They came up with it. Bam Bam Bigelow was a former football player. He did just fine. Yeah, but he wasn't a horseman. No, it's true, but... I'm talking about fitting in the matter. horseman picture. I'm not talking about as a talent, as a cool guy. I heard a lot of people say he botched a lot of shit. I never really watched him enough to know. I just didn't think he fit into that four horseman picture when he came later on as like a filler. When it was like Flair, maybe Benoit, and then him, he was one of them with Malenko. Well, in the 80s, in the 80s, there was the original four horsemen. In the 90s, Ric Flair redid the horsemen. Because Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson were in the WWE. They were known as the Brain Busters in the WWE. They were uh, WWE Tag Team Champions, I think, in 1990 and 91 and 2. They were the Tag Team Champions. Um, That's actually uh, the team of uh, Scott Dawson and... uh, Fuck, what's, what's the other guy's name? Oh, my God, it's so bad that they're gone. I can't remember their names. Bro, the timeline um, is so shifted in my mind because there was so I, much I that we watched growing up over the years. The, I don't even remember the tag team's name. I'm thankful Holy for that 9.99 WWE Network subscription to go back and watch some shit because sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, I totally misconstrued the entire picture. Like, 
And yeah. even though this episode is mentioning AEW, this episode is sponsored by WWE Network. For $9.99, you can get anything, and I mean anything, from classic WWE from all the way from WWF from 1963 all the way to 1977 to where it changed to WWF, and then all the way to 2003 where we said, get the F out. WWE Network, $9.95. You're welcome, Hunter. Yo, crazy, bro. Uh, fucking, I'm waiting for these AEW games to come out, though. Unless they're already I can't out. wait for the new AEW. I can't wait for the game to come out. That I, I haven't bought a wrestling game In since 2000. And, and I might. Now I might. I might have to buy a game now or a console to play the game if it's only on the new consoles. It's all, it, it isn't going to be only on the new consoles. PlayStation 2 stop making games in 2015 i do not have the um the steve weisers unfortunately for our sponsor this week but i got some jim beam sponsorship of nascar and i think i don't know and on our side it is sponsored by black widow get it from your local dispensary black widow cheers mate Sponsored by Hold Road. Grow it in your backyard. Sponsored by George Lucas Star Wars R two D two. I got. It's a little pipe. I got something in there, and R two goes beep boop beep. I got a I got a little R two D two brother that I made out of wood. I just got to paint it. Oh, that's sick! Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, it's like little wood panels, bro. Pretty fat. There was a couple of these that my job had. Fucking dope! I like that. Yeah, bro, it's fucking, it's wood, and I don't know, it's just, it's very detailed, though, so, I mean, I know you can't really see, but, like, the painting on this bitch is gonna be tough. You need a small, super small paintbrush to get some of these. Yeah, are you gonna use model paint for that? Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna use. I'm kind of looking for a metallic silver. You're gonna need, no, his base is white. Oh, yeah, yeah, R2-D2 is white, right? Yeah, you're going to need a glossy white for the base. He was and never silver, bro. For some reason, I remember having a silver R2-D2 toy, like a silver one. This one is silver. Yeah, I remember having a, like, a toy like that, though. He was white. R2-D2 is white. Look in the movies. In the it's been a long time since I've watched episodes, a Star Wars movie, too. From episodes one to three, they chromed him out, so it was white chrome, so it made him look like he was silver. Okay. That's that was the power of CGI. Yeah, I I started to watch the Star Wars uh, recently, like not recently, but within the past six months or so, I'd say. And I got like, excuse me, I got past one, two, three, or whatever, and then I I started like four, and then I I watched uh I watched it in the order that Google told me to watch it. So I, then like Solo came in there somewhere, and then the the um the one with the girl, bro. Not the last Skywalker, but the one with the chick, and I kind of lost interest after that. I was just like, I okay. never finished that. <laughs> Five, six, I know seven. this is the wrestling podcast. I'm going to throw you some Star Wars knowledge. Um, right. Episode one, everybody hates. I actually happen to like episode one, and I'll explain why. It's got Liam Neeson in it. Yeah. Okay. It's got Liam Neeson in it. It's the first Star Wars movie to have a black... A, a, and here's how fucked up our generation is. They want to say that J.J. Abrams was the one to put a black guy in Star Wars. Who's J.J. Abrams? As one of the main... 
uh, the, uh, the guy who's right. directing Star Wars okay. right now. He's the new in, in Hollywood. He is now he is now consider, uh, considerably determined to be the new Steven Spielberg. And most of Hollywood is saying that he is going to be the next Steven Spielberg because he worked under Steven Spielberg. Okay. Um, episode one was great. Had Liam Neeson in it. Released the Kraken. Uh, um, taken, you know, I have a very particular set of skills. I, I, I do like Liam Neeson as an actor. Somebody for you would be a nightmare. Um, he didn't come here yet. Yeah, Taker. Uh, I mean, Taken was. I said Taker. It's a wrestling podcast. Taker's on my mind, but Taken was definitely a good series. I like those movies and and the Taken series. Taken was a good movie. But Taker. Um, Liam, uh, Liam Neeson was in that. Um, but as I was saying, uh, the new generation wants to say that there was no black people in Star Wars in the past. Um, Billy D. Williams was a main star in episodes five and six. Oh yeah, he played uh, he played that guy with like the suit, the corporal or something. He played shit. Lando Calrissian. Billy D. Williams played Lando Calrissian in Star Wars back in the eighties. Oh okay. Um, Mace Windu, yeah, who yeah. just happens to be known as Samuel L. Jackson, the only black guy in Hollywood that doesn't seem to age the older he gets. Yo, do you say Samuel L. Jackson or Samuel L. Jackson? Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. I, that shit always confused me, bro. People say it different no matter where you go. And they're like, what'd you just say? I'm like, Samuel L. Jackson. They're like, no, see, Samuel like, L. Jackson. I'm like, no, maybe it's not Samuel L. Maybe knew, it's just Samuel. Like, the L is in there. Samuel L. Jackson. nobody knew who the hell he was. And if you were to say One of the, most the black guy faces. from the Star Wars movies. Yeah. From, uh, 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 the black guy from, uh, from 1999 and 2005 Star Wars movies. Oh, Mace Windu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean he he's legendary, bro. I mean Pulp Fiction, you know, he's always been around, been around forever. Motherfucker, I love that motherfucker when he says it, bro. I'm like, that's power right there, bro. Snakes on a plane. Yeah, snakes on a plane. Fucking. But uh, um, yo, speaking of Taker though, um, is he is he planning another match, bro? Did you read anything, see anything anywhere about what's going on with this guy? According to what my sources say, I, I think he should uh, bow out after that AJ Styles match. Series tribute? No, um, according to my sources, the uh, the Survivor Series show that just happened a little while ago, uh huh, that was his final. He had a match. Thing. Well, according to what they were saying from WrestleMania last year, yeah, they I uh, they want to do another AJ. And Taker. Taker match because at the end of the match, they really AJ better not let AJ put AJ the nail in that coffin. Out of the dirt. Yeah, I know, but they better not. That was corny because you could tell there was no hand in there. But uh, the, the no, whole thing it, overall it was, was amazing. It, it was a hand. It was a hand. It was a styrofoam hand on a glove. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like it looked like it. You knew that wasn't AJ's hand. You know what I mean? No. But, uh, Fucking the, the rest of it was spectacular. One of my favorite Undertaker matches of all time because they had the ability to do the off-camera shit, more of the Hollywood effects. I, they better not let AJ put the nail in coffin for Taker to finally retire him. He has to go out with a with a win, with a victory, bro. All day. Well, in, in my eyes... Right off into the sunset. Dead man, I'll wait for you at the gates when you get to hell. You know, like, to me... Best Undertaker match and the and to my eyes, the match where he retired was when Brock Lesnar beat him. I hated that match. 
And I will be honest with you, I I really think that Taker got really hurt in the in that match. Nobody knows this. Nobody knows what the hell happened. Uh, all we knew was that the graphic twenty one and one was real. That was a real graphic. They had all that planned. So I don't know if the match was supposed to go longer than it was supposed to go, mm-hmm. but. Sources say that Taker got hurt in the middle of the match. He concussed himself a little bit. He told Brock, you know, five more minutes, let's wrap it up and go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what happened. Now, if you watch the Paul Heyman podcast episode with Stone Cold, when they talk about it, he says the exact same thing as I did. He said, he said, then if that wasn't supposed to happen, how come the graphic said 21 and 1? Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me was when the Undertaker retired because then he had to face the new form of himself in Bray Wyatt. He beat Bray Wyatt for his redemption match. Don't really count that. The real redemption match should have been pisses me after off. Lesnar. Pisses me off that they let Brock beat Taker because I would have much rather have liked to watch Bray Wyatt beat Taker because ever since the fucking Wyatt family came into WWE, they reminded me of, like, the Ministry of Darkness in their weird, twisted, fucked-up, familial way. I originally, when the Wyatt family came out, I was a huge fan. I love Bray Wyatt's creativity, the way he led them, and he was, like, the smallest of the bunch. They were all towering over him, but he's still no fucking, nothing to laugh at. He's still a big motherfucker. He knows how to hold a character very, very well. Yeah. Like, um, I think, dude, I think he could go to, he doesn't get enough shine, bro. He could be one of the greatest ever, like, as far as gimmick. The gimmick. The Fiend, in my eyes, creative as fuck. Better than The Undertaker. Yeah. The Fiend? It was, it was scarier than The Undertaker. Growing Especially up as, a, as kid, a kid, I know I was scared of shit. A taker, growing though. up as a kid, you know we had purple gloves, Undertaker. Then you know we right. had him transforming no, into the American badass. Yeah. And then you know he was the badass till like 2004, and then he came back. Dead man. But like half badass, but you know like he's like the Undertaker. WrestleMania yeah. 20, bro. I remember jumping up on my he fucking couch. He comes back with that. the regular fucking. Uh, Biker Taker gloves, the fucking pants that Biker Taker wore, but then he wore Undertaker singlet. But I don't think I don't think the Fiend's better than Taker because Taker is Taker, bro. I mean, not yeah, only has the guy been there Taker, for twenty something years, he was able to hold a familiar a familiar gimmick there for something close to about his long. The now there is something about the Fiend. That has like a t- very strange aura around him, which, you know, to me, it's not going to go away because whether WWE wants to believe it or not, all their success has not been off of Drew McIntyre's back holding the WWE title. Drew McIntyre yeah, is no. good. Not, not really going to lie, good. though. When, 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 the, when Firefly Funhouse came out, some people were like, what the fuck is this? And that was my first initial thought was, what the fuck is this? But I, I watched it. Yeah, dude, Funhouse. I watched it, and I was like, I like this because this is Bray yeah, Wyatt. it reminded me of 90s wrestling. Yeah, like, this is Bray Wyatt. You know he's fucked A up in the head. And then the fiend that flipped. you would do in the 90s that would end up having great violence coming out of it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like... 
Bray Wyatt comes back. He does, you know, originally he was Husky Harris. He goes back to developmental. He starts the Bray Wyatt gimmick. Then he debuts back on television as Bray Wyatt. Everybody loved it. At one point, they were going to make the Wyatt family unbeatable like they did with the Shield, where the Shield was, you know, undefeated for a certain amount of time until they got defeated. I would have loved to see that because I was a super fan of the Wyatt family over the Shield, bro. I I would I preferred the Wyatt family over the Shield, and they had some now, great matches, some great rivalries. When it comes to the Shield alone, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, he's great. Oh, Seth yeah. Rollins, he has his moments where he's awesome. Yeah, I think he I, I think he needs a little more work behind the mic, but yeah. I'm not one to talk. And Roman, but just I, I Roman, think is... I, 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 for four years. Don't like Roman Reigns. Still right now, even even though that he's playing the new Brock Lesnar and everything, and you Not know being the quiet guy and just kicking ass. I just I, think he has like he, 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 like he has maybe charisma or maybe he's shy. But I'm like, dude, like I get it. They want him to be the face because he's a pretty boy and shit. But uh, no, the only no reason why he, they want opinion. him to be the face, the only reason why they want him to be the face is because he's related to the Rock. Yeah, Rock's legacy and uh, two total different guys. Uh, I get it. That's his family, and you know, Rock's got love for him. But you can never compare those two, either in the ring as wrestling or performers. Nobody could sell like the Rock because he could be comedic with it, or he could fucking take it serious as shit. And uh, nobody's gonna touch him on the mic. There's very few that can ever touch the Rock on the mic. I, I, I honestly, I don't think nobody can really touch the Rock on the mic. Stone Cold was just a shit talking fucking redneck sob, so he got over, which also great as fuck. But the Rock was like that little. Eh, Shut the fuck up. Like, you know, like little, like sarcastic asshole. He had the best comebacks. He had the best comebacks. He was witty he, on the he, spot, he bro. Just popping up. Snap back at you real quick. King. Yeah, I mean, like, he's getting King. interviewed by he some. Yeah, get out of here, Lillian, you know? Or you want to come to the SmackDown Hotel with The Rock? Check in to Know Your Role Boulevard. Uh... And have some of the people's strudel. Yeah. The Rock loves pie. The Rock loves pie, and I know Lillian loves apple strudel. Lillian, what kind of pie are you cooking? <laughs> you cooking apple pie, blueberry pie, peach Fuck pie. Like, there's just nobody like The Rock, bro. I mean, like, I could watch his promos over and over again, go through YouTube, get lost in a rock wormhole for fucking five hours, come back rock, after watching man. a 60-hour compilation video of Rock's funniest moments, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I can't... I... It, Politically, I, I don't know why he did what he did. Uh, you know, uh, he endorsed Joe Biden for president. And then, I was waiting for The Rock to run, bro. I really would like The Rock to run. 30 seconds later, after, uh, after Dwayne The Rock Johnson says, I'm endorsing Joe Biden for president, he lost over 1.5 million Twitter, uh, Twitter followers. That's kitty shit followers, bro. Oh, I don't that, agree with you. No. Fuck you, though. I'm, I'm so... That says something, though. You know, like, yeah, that people says are something sheep. like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, even the guy that you thought was, like, a really awesome guy and everything. Yeah, but people are they, sheep, bro. Like, if, if you, if you, if you're going to unfollow somebody because you don't agree politically, I think there's there's more growth than that in the world, bro. Like, we don't have to agree on everything. I'm not going to be like, well, well, fuck you because you don't see things my way. It's baby shit. I still fuck with you. I'm still a fan of your work. I still want to, like, I would still love to work with you or whatever, you know? It's just a matter of people, you're not always going to be on the same page. Sometimes you're not even going to be in the same fucking book. Never mind, chapter. 
So, I mean, you can't always agree on everything, bro. You just got to kind of no, go with the flow. I, be like, all right, I, I agree to disagree, that, you know. I even think that we've said this on a couple of but I'm just talking before. about Twitter in general. Like, it's so bullshit, like childish, that shit, bro. Censorship. Twitter. Yeah, that too. I, I, I know, a lot, of shit's I know going on. how it is. A lot of shit's going on, bro. But, you know, like, when I was doing explicit thoughts we years ago. We here to talk about bullshit and wrestling. Let's not get too political. We'll oh, save no. That for a We're not getting episode. political, but fucking explicit thoughts, bro. <laughs> like, when I started explicit thoughts movement, I had girls writing, like, explicit thoughts on their tits, this, that, the third. And Twitter was a cool place for it. I used to get mad responses. Now I definitely don't get no responses. I'm definitely on a bad list for whatever the fuck I did. I don't know. Hands up. Don't shoot. Uh, whatever I did. They just don't like me or something. I don't know. I, I set somebody's uh, fuse off with a post one day. Might have offended them. Explicit thoughts. Hashtag motherfucker. Like, speak in my mind. Any time of day. Some things I don't even agree with. Some things I look back on four or five years ago and I go, wow, I've grown a lot since that day. I don't agree with that anymore. Or I see some light in it, but I'm like, hmm, I could have went about it different or, or some shit, you know, but that's just me. Self-critiquing, self growing and learning as a person. And as, as I don't know if I said it yesterday, the day you stop learning and the day you stop growing is the day you're dead. And who the fuck even knows, bro? Maybe we continue spiritually in the next realm, you know? Maybe we continue I to grow and learn or we're just floating enough. through space. And everything that we've learned in life is a recollection of till our spirit finds another vessel, another body to live upon. Are you one of those people that believe that the moon's hollow? I am I I don't know what the fuck I am, bro. I I was I, I was thinking the other day like I was being more comedic, but I was telling my mom like you didn't know the earth's flat? <laughs> like the earth is flat. If you drive past like over here by Russia or you go past Hawaii, you just fall off the fucking earth. That's it. <laughs> like, how do we know bro how do we know we're not just this little thing in space like space has like black holes and shit no i mean like are we just a floating rock nobody knows man the day i get up in a rocket ship myself and witness it with my own two fucking eyes i don't know what the fuck's real <laughs> oh no don't start do not start telling me that the earth is flat i'll start i'm just saying how do we know bro what if there's parallel universes out there how what, about what if our earth what if our know? earth is round but it's all stacked with like different universes that make it cyclical or okay okay now here's my biggest thing I, I i i've been asking people this for weeks this is a satellite right here pointed up to the sky sending messages out in the space okay here's another satellite receiving anything that comes in from space messages electronic waves whatever how do we not know that the messages that we're sending out are not being reverberated off of empty asteroids, empty meteors, empty moons, planets, stuff like that, having the signal jumbled up into another word, sending it back to us and going, holy crap, there's life out there. Yeah. How do we I don't, not I don't know, know that? I don't know, dude. I, I, I don't know if it's believe. reverberating, but I do know that we I, say why... I can't say why I know, but I definitely know we are not the only things in the universe, man. 
no chance in fucking hell. Like, like you want to talk about aliens? Maybe we're the fucking aliens on this planet because we got all different types of species. You got deers, fucking tigers, fucking elephants. Like everything's a fucking animal to us, bro. I mean, an alien to us. It's do you it's know not what human. an alien is? Do Do you know the actual definition of an alien? No. The actual definition of an alien is not from this world. But I'm just saying, like, anything could be an alien. Bro, how do we know where everything came from, though? How do we know it was from this world? We're not from natural origin. What if a meteor did come here and, like, we were spawned from, like, a bacteria that was on that meteor and we just, like, evolved over time? Okay, then... Okay, then we are aliens. But then, in that case... I'm about to lose my point of focus right now. I'm just saying, like, it's crazy, bro. Like, it's crazy to think about. The primordial soup that supposedly, and I'm, I'm saying supposedly, I have, I have my faith, and I'm, I'm just saying that because I can. Um, supposedly, the primordial soup that we crawled out of, um, is it's still evolving to this day. Oh yeah. So, so, so now. Over the past 30 years, man has now played God. Yeah. Okay, we're cloning sheep, we're cloning cows. And now people, if you don't believe this, you can go on, Mr. Bill Gates will back it up 100%. Alex Jones and all these other people ain't crazy. I don't know. Alex Jones might be a little crazy, dude. (laughs) No, 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 no. There's a lot of shit that fucking Alex Jones... I'm not saying he doesn't see shit when he's tripping out on psychedelics and it gives him a sense of reality, but that motherfucker is out of his bird. No, he is not. No hate against him. Alex Jones is not crazy. Some of this shit. I watched a podcast with him two months ago. I watched him say some crazy shit and some shit's been like real logical, though. Not going to lie. There there is logical shit. No, no, listen. Watching a podcast uh, with him on a guy called Tim Pool. You've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on his podcast a couple months ago. Tim Pool's podcast? Yes, Timcast. Okay. And he was talking about aliens. He was talking about cloning. He was talking about meat farmers and all these other things. Oh, I'm not saying cloning is not real. It's definitely real. 75, 75% of the United States meat is not made from real cows. Dude, when you walk into McDonald's and you're eating a fucking chicken nugget, you think that shit's chicken, bro? It's like, what the fuck is this? Like, doughy no, fucking I'm, I'm, flab? I'm being dead-ass serious. I'm Do you serious, know that too, the, Those aren't real burgers. <laughs> go on. Mr. Bill Gates will back it up also. You can go on Microsoft. You can go on Google and, and find out cloned cows manufacturing that's how most of the meat in the united states is being produced because they there is such a high demand for red meat that they are cloning cows so fast that the cow fucking can be a full-grown cow in two years and be sent to the slaughterhouse yeah bro they're they're mass producing of course now we got 300 million americans bro you think we have room to feed every motherfucker that ever eat they're trying to stop the cows from mating with each other because technically they're not natural made cows. They're bioengineered cows that have been officially inseminated from a real cow. GMOs, kid. Genetically modified GMOs. organisms. Alex Jones proved that. Another thing, aliens. Now this comes back to aliens. 
Alex Jones is very good friends with with Buzz Aldrin. On Tim on Tim Pool's podcast, this is one hundred percent facts. He stated, and I quote: "Buzz Aldrin told me that we have had a base on the moon since the seventies. We had a base on Mars since the nineties. Oh yeah, and there's a and there's a base on one of the stationary asteroids around Venus's moon." Now, in 2005, Buzz Aldrin told Alex Jones that the Indians are going to crash a satellite into one of the moons off of Venus, and they're going to find water there. That's how we're going to signal the aliens that we're ready for interstellar travel and all this. You guys are ready to come over here. Yeah. What what the fuck happens in 2014, seven years later? Boom! The Indians crash landed on that fucking moon, and they found water. Bro, there is definitely no way we're the only life out here in this world, bro. I mean, I mean, not this world, this universe, bro. If we have nine other, ten other floating rocks flying around the sun, there's definitely something there. But the, the same way, like, if you go, if you take a drone all the way up in the air, we're a little speck, and we got mountains and trees and shit. Like, what's to say that their shit isn't microscopic? Like, you know, like, maybe, like, we land there, and we're, like, fucking ice giants from, like, fucking... Europe, or whatever, like fucking the Vikings, the ice giants. We're like ice giants and we're stepping on Mars, but really there's like little microscopic organisms the same way we have here on Earth that like we're big blurs now to them when they're looking at us. I just contradicted us. myself. I realized I just contradicted myself. No, but I'm just but saying, like, if we're there and it's like little specks of sand, maybe there is life and they have little cities built, but we don't know, bro. Like, you know, like maybe, like maybe we can't see it. There's more than meets the eye. Transformers, kid. Yeah, meets the What the um, fuck you got back there, bro? What is that? A Trump flag with a fucking tank? That is Trump on a tank version two. You got the American Eagle. You on said one version side. two, bro. There's a version one. Yes, there is. It's just Trump on a tank with the world heavyweight title. <laughs> Yo, but what, what's he got? He's got the eagle tank. on there. It's got it's got the eagle. It's got his own tank that's personally customized in gold, and it says Trump all the way around it, running over one of the fucking government vehicles. <clears throat> He's got the world title on. He's got a pot of gold. Got the world He's title got a on there. Sword. Yes, he has the WWF world title. What the fuck? Where'd you get that? WWF.com. Vince is making some money off Trumper. No. No, I got this off AmericanAsFuck.com. Uh, I was gonna say Mick Foley got on Twitter recently and he said, "Kick this sorry son of a bitch out of our Hall of Fame, Vince, or something." Yeah, well, I didn't realize he was in the celebrity uh, uh, yeah, wing. I, I said that'll never it. happen, though. They're, they're good buddies. They're good billionaire butt buddies. I don't know. Vince is uh, thinking of doing it because uh, he's about to get uh, hammered big time good by voice. Andrew Yang. Yeah, bro. Um, I'm waiting for Yang to come in office. Yang for New York City, bro. I wish I lived there and I could go vote. Um, you got Mike Pence in the back, and then you got about like 15 flags on the damn tank. And in the back in the corner, if you can see it right there, there's a spaceship, and that's Space Force. Let, let me, let me. Oh yeah, I forgot he was trying to do that silly shit. I remember him saying, "We're gonna start a Space Force." <laughs> I have I have, I have a question, bro. He did? That's the crazy. The Space Force is real. Oh, all right. I didn't know. Maybe you know more than I do about this because you came legitimate, up with it. The Space Force is a legitimate branch of the United States military and Air Force. I have something to say, though, and maybe you know better than I. 
I don't really watch it. I'm sick of politics. I'm sick of the division and shit that it I'm causes. I'm going up 24-7. I know. So, did Mike Pence go around on him? I was reading articles somewhere. He was the, the Brutus to uh, the Trump campaign. The Brutus. The one that holds the knife. Yeah, yeah. He was the Brutus to our Julius Caesar. Um, no, I... What ends up happening <laughs> is the Constitution today is read out by lawyers. So it's what the lawyers think of what the Constitution is, you know, determines what the powers of the vice president has. So I'll give you two instances where in the Constitution it is Hold totally up. legal. Hold up, kid. One second. No, we went over our time. Yeah, I'm just gonna restart. Hold up. Says it's not. That's enough. all right. Says it's not. My enough. phone started to die, and I had to get the charger wire. I don't know, man. I'm trying. My phone's frozen on the fucking home screen. It's being gay. Yeah, bro, for sure. And gay in a good, you know, gay in a good way, not as in racism or anything. Nah, bro, like, like shit, like when we used to be in middle school, talk about that shit. All right, so yeah. I'm just gonna throw a, I'm just gonna throw a screenshot up for this portion of the. The, the shit, I guess, because it won't let me record anymore. My phone has no memory on it. I was trying to clear wow. out memory today. I deleted every fucking app off my phone from fucking Facebook to Snapchat, all the ones that take six gigabytes up, and you know what? I don't know. But continue, continue what you were saying. Um, You're talking about the Constitution or some shit. The Constitution uh, clearly states in two ways that the vice president has total power when it comes down to the electoral college. Uh -huh. Yeah, that, that always um, confused me. In good example, in 1800, Thomas Jefferson was the vice president of the United States and he was running for president. And he was running, I believe, against John Adams. And he invoked the vice, uh, uh, he invoked the vice presidential power which allows him to overrule the House and the Congress and pretty much say either we're going to count the votes or we're throwing this election out and it's going to be a contingent election. I'll talk about that in a minute. What Thomas Jefferson did was he used his full, of, his full power as vice president to throw out the election and since he was running – and you got to remember this at this time, this was the first election since George Washington. So so everybody wanted George Washington as, as president. That was a no brainer. They actually asked him to be president almost, you know, they, they offered him to run again a third time. And they said and he said no, because then it, we don't want the presidency to look like a, a totalitarian state. Yeah, like a kingship. What we got away from. Yes. Exactly. So um, George Washington. So they never set the rules for how long a president can run until FDR. No. Theodore Roosevelt. Sorry. Teddy Roosevelt. Big stick is, policy himself. Mr. Big Stick. It, exactly. Um, he was the guy who enforced the uh, two-term uh, two presidential limit with the special case of if you're over the age, over a certain age, you can run one more time for president as long as you were in office, and it's either you got to be a high age or you got to be dying. High like, age or somebody, dying? Yeah, I, there was a clause 
in the uh, uh, there's a clause in the Constitution where FDR was trying to do his uh, thing, and and the House and the Senate wanted him to run for a third term. Okay. FDR, the fuck you revving up over there, kid? Weed whacker? No, 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 no. I had, I had somebody text Damn, me. Kid, you got Trump um, shit everywhere, bro. You got fucking flags and fucking buttons. My car's all decked out. Um, I don't even know what the fuck I did with the paper that I had earlier. Uh, what was I talking about? Uh, FDR. Um, FDR was dying of polio. In the 40s. So the House and the Senate tried to do something to where that they could amend the Constitution that would allow him to run for president a third time. Really? Yes. FDR? FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the guy who put us in the World War II. How far were him and Teddy apart in presidency? Were they brothers or some shit? Uh, they are cousins. Oh, okay. Now that shows you Teddy power. That shows you power in politics, bro. By like, oh well, I was president, then my cousin was president. Like, oh okay. Uh, so... Like, oh okay, we're not run by some secret organization or anything like that. I get it. Like that just happens naturally out of fucking hundreds of millions of Americans. Just natural, natural selection. Charlotte Flair shit. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what Thomas Jefferson did, he uh, he enacted his full president, uh, his full vice presidential power, and threw out the entire election, and they did a contingent election to where that it was only a certain amount of states. At that time, there was thirteen states, so they had a contingent election, which means that one member from House, from the House of Representatives, vote on their party. So if there was thirteen states. And let's say you have five Democratic states and six Repu and seven Republican states. The Republicans win the election. That's what a contingent election is. It's based on the amount of the party vote or the state legislation that's in the country. And thirty-eight state out of the thirty-eight states in the country right now, it's all a it's all a Republican. I got to study up on this shit, bro. I don't know shit about it's shit. It's all a Republican legislature across the board in 38 states. I remember learning uh, this so, shit in school, bro, but I never really paid attention. Back so then. in 1800, Thomas Jefferson threw out the election. They had a contingent election, put him in uh, and made him president. Probably a good thing because him being president expanded our country very well. They did it again in Expanded our country in how so? Conquering land from natives, moving they further west. They did it again. They did it again in 1876 with the election of I. Uh, oh man, it's, it was like some fat guy and someone else who uh, uh, who got us right out of the uh, industrial revolution. I don't that was the that. only of the time. Industrial revolution. Yeah, I remember muckrakers, kid. The muckrakers. Remember those bastards. That Tell was the only houses. other time that the president, uh, that the vice president's power has ever been used in a full capacity like that. Now this year was a little different. There's a lot of VFs around, a lot of VEs around, and or VIs, however you want to look at it, um, in this country. Now 
to what Pence's lawyers told him that he wasn't allowed to throw out the votes, that they had to count them, but the only but the only way to to get anywhere with throwing out votes was to have objections to everything. Now, because of what happened with the riots, with I'm a Trump supporter, and I'm going to be honest, no real decent Trump supporters were really in there, because at that time, it's mass confusion. You don't know what's going on. But I'll definitely say this. What happened put the final nail in the coffin for 2020? Mm-hmm. So, so Pence took it from his lawyers that you don't have all this type of power, even though there's certain articles in the Constitution that says that he has full power to do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, he is now being known as a traitor. Yeah, bro, that's what I'm saying. That's what I've been seeing places is that he was the brutal. Pence is it's a to to me. Mike Pence is now a traitor. He, uh, we we now know exactly who he's working for. In my eyes, he's working for the devil. I think it's uh, I'm just getting a beer, kid. I think it's deeper. But the, I, I also think I think it's deeper also, than it is on the surface. I think uh, my not the devil. Zach I think they just came that. to him with a healthy sum, and they were like, "Look, I know Trump didn't take his uh, presidential money. Would you like it, sir?" You, you want you want to know something? I th- my my friend Zach was saying he's like you know uh, he's a swamp monster. He's a swamp monster. He's part of the swamp, and it's like it, it can't be because it. it the way he talks to us and everything, it doesn't sound like he's a swamp monster. And then fucking boom, he goes and does this shit. He's a fucking swamp monster. I told you too much. Dude, ago, I'm thinking monster. when they were saying they wanted to impeach Trump, I said, well, the last thing you want is Pence in there. Like that guy's like, looks like Hitler to me, bro. Just standing there. Solid, here's like the problem. Just... You thought people were afraid of Trump. I'd be more afraid of the guy who sits in the corner quiet like. Well, that that was Dick Cheney, bro. I don't know if you saw the movie Cheney. No, no. Dick Cheney. Or Vice. Let's not talk about Dick Cheney because all that motherfucker wants to do is go to war. But I'm saying he was he was the power string puller. Bush was just I'm just a college drunk. I like to drink, Dick. It's pretty fun. Can you show me what I got to do so I can win? That's another family that was involved in politics, bro. You're going to tell me, like, something ain't like, oh, okay, well, I was president, then my son was president. Like, yeah, okay, bitch. Fuck no, the here. only reason why that... It, 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 it's it, all rigged. That, 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 that goes into a big conspiracy theory that, you know what, we should do our own channel for a conspiracy theory thing to where it's just nothing but conspiracies. We will. We're going we're gonna to do uh, wrestling with politics, kid. WWP after WWT. <laughs> Or um, we'll just have WWT with WWP segments. It'll be wrestling with politics segment for the next half hour. We're going to talk shit about politics. But I want to do just a separate channel or a separate podcast alone for conspiracy theories. Because there's so much much that we could talk about. But the main main one I want to get down to is the biggest conspiracy about the 2020 election was that was there voter fraud. No way, bro. Trump lost fair and square. They, uh, you know, I'd rather believe the guy who took down the mob single-handedly in the, in the 1980s than... Was that Elliot Ness? Whole, no, Rudy Giuliani. Oh. Oh, Elliot Ness New was... New York's greatest mayor. What the fuck was Elliot Ness, bro? Wasn't he like... No idea. Uh, no, no idea. Rudy Rudy Giuliani I'm took down the Gotti family. Elliot Ness. 
I thought Elliot Ness was like a detective or maybe he was an untouchable. Rudy Giuliani was the was the main guy who took down the Gotti family in the 1980s. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they, they deleted his shit too recently, there, didn't they? He was like talking. Great. He was talking a lot of shit. I'm like, damn, Rudy, you like 97 years old. You still worried about social media? Rudy is 85, and know, he looks. He, he's in great shape. My uh, my Rudy grandma. Giuliani looks like the type of person that your grandmother will go to bingo to. Yeah, speaking of speaking of grandma, my grandma, like Neil's mom, used to date this guy Ralph. Ralph Stanchi was his name, and he was uh, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, Rudy Giuliani's uncle. Oh wow! Shit. They didn't really talk, I guess, much, but he was his uncle. I I don't know what their relationship was like, to be honest. But like, he was always over at my grandma's house. Like, he was never really anywhere else. So. Now, there's a conspiracy out there that Pence was working with them the whole time. I'm thinking that, too, because that, that's what I was getting at. What I was asking you is because they've been saying, like, who else could have leaked information that was close enough to the president to know the information? And that's your guy. That's your go-to guy right there. Wow. You know, I didn't even think of that until now. Like, they're, the they're, they're talking, was- like, here's here's what I'm doing. You're VP. If I get shot, I die. I get in a plane crash. Something happens. You're taking over. This is it what I have be. planned. You're the only motherfucker that knows. Present- not the Secretary of Defense. Not the Secretary of Treasury. Not the fucking this motherfucker, that motherfucker. No governors. You, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just going to laugh. I'm just <laughs> saying. I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I'm just um, saying. Kind of fishy to me, bro. Everything's fishy, you know. That's you know. That's why I said you know conspiracy theories. But oh, George Bush, um, big conspiracy on that. He's uh, he's part of the Skull and Bone Society, of course. Which which pretty much enables you know the next histories of president. Same thing with the Illuminati. Everything is going to a one world government, whether we like it or not. So I, I really hope people know what they voted for in. In, in November because I watched everything and I have not heard one thing of what Joe Biden's going to do except I'm just going to make executive orders this that the other thing dude I don't even know what the fuck's going to go on all I know is that shit happens <laughs> and even if we think we have a little bit or the you know the, the little bit slightest control over it I really don't know if we actually do or not all all we have now is a little chance in taking back everything back at the small level first. I think that's what needs to happen. We need to take everything back on a smaller level. Locally. as in, Yeah, locally, stately, and then work our way back up to the presidency, which means take back the House for the people. Dude, I just think like we're in an age where there's so much corruption, no matter where you go left or right, you're going to get corruption. There's always going to be big buyouts, people lining their pockets. Without a doubt. So, I mean, I'm thinking about getting into politics myself, you know, I'm like, Hey, this is a pretty good career. I could talk some shit, get paid a lot of money and then promise shit that I don't need to actually follow up on. I could sleep through hungover on Saturday and call it a day. Hey, my kind of job. I wouldn't be in it for the money. I really wouldn't be in it for the money. I'm I'm just in for it just to make a change and make an impact. Nah, I'm just fucking with you. Of course, bro. But I'm saying like, I don't know if it was a career that I would choose per se. I like the entertainment business. I would definitely be a professional wrestler before I was a politician. 
or at least I a tried, manager I, I or a referee. I'll take like, referee, dude. Okay. Uh, on, on indie shows and when you're doing like little things in your little training area to where like you bring like 15 people in and you do like a little show or everything, the referee sometimes gets the best uh, crowd noises. Uh, he's right here. <laughs> I was Dude, I, that was a good referee. I think, a lot yeah, I was gonna like, say I think I'd be uh, a great referee. Like I could be entertaining, but still be a referee. I wouldn't just be that guy. Like nope, two, two, and you get over there and you get over there. Like I'd have a little bit more energy, a little bit more like oomph in there to be like, okay, this guy's more than a referee. He's a character. There's a character behind his referee, but he still calls it down the middle. I'm gonna be a great referee. I'm not gonna like. Necessarily, unless it becomes a storyline build up where they're like, "Hey, we want you to do this." Okay, yeah, that's good. That's juicy. Let's get into it. But uh, aside from that, I'd still be a great referee. But I'd have a character to my referee. Like people would know who I am. Like Charles Robinson when he did like fucking Ric Flair's son back in WCW. Yeah, classic shit. um, Like Nature Boy Junior, classic shit. You know, like it it gave him a character, a sense of character, and that's what made him legendary. Armstrong. Theodore Long. Nick Patrick. Long. Yeah, also another one that came from the referee scene, which I just Teddy realized. Long used to be a referee. I know, dude. I was watching a pay-per-view WCW. recently, and I was like, yo, that's Teddy Long. Like, what the fuck? But, uh, he used yeah. to be a referee in WCW. How crazy is Him, that? Nick Patrick. He was also a SmackDown referee at one point, excuse me, before he became Teddy Long, I'm guessing. No, he was SmackDown referee. Then he became Rodney Mack's yep. um, Rodney Mack's manager. manager. And then when Rodney Mack left the WWE, Teddy Long took a theme song and made it popular. And Teddy Long became the fun-loving grandpa, general manager of SmackDown. And he had a pretty good career, care, bro. Teddy Long, shout out to Teddy Long, man. He was an entertaining motherfucker, bro. He yeah. was jiving. Holla, holla, holla. Yeah, man. Like he he could bring fucking entertainment to the show, man. Uh, Teddy te- Teddy Long was. He is a very entertaining person, and there is nobody like him. And it's now we're gonna make a tag team match, player. Also, also, he was known for his tag team matches. He loved tag team matches. Also, uh, I think Nick Patrick was another referee that also kind of stuck with me. Nick Patrick the years. was a good referee. Uh, there was a guy who just left the WWE, and he was there. Since the beginning of the Attitude Era, just left a few months ago. Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner's no. another one that's been around, though. You know, since Earl, yeah, Earl Hebner. I, if if I believe correctly, if my memory serves me right, Earl Hebner refereed. Um, one of Hulk Hogan's, I think, uh, second or third title matches for the WWF title where he won it. Yeah. And then uh, WWE started doing storylines with referees because Earl Hebner had a uh, twin brother named Dave. Uh, yeah, I think we dove into this episode yeah, one, episode two. You were talking about the good old Bella switcheroo and if he actually lost, yeah. or didn't know if it was Dave. We went into that, that, that conspiracy theory on one of the episodes. But uh, they, That was the back. first form. That was the first use of twin magic, and it was back in the 80s. I don't know, man. That's been that's been a classic, definitely throughout the history of wrestling. But we we got a lot in on this show, bro. We got fucking. We went from wrestling, a little bit of politics, slam back to wrestling with mixed wind with the politics. Fucking got a little bit of movie movie genres. We definitely, yeah. We're definitely gonna have to come back and do that fucking um, 
that that uh Starcade 97 the return of Sting when he came back as you know the the man we all love now the Sting with the face paint black and white crow crow character Sting and uh, we're definitely going to discuss that that entire pay-per-view in entirety. I already got my notes ready. We were going to do it this week, but like you said, you know, let's just kick it to a little bit of a tribute, just talk some wrestling shit, not really go with a theme, just kind of just go with the flow, ride the waves. The pretty pretty much today's episode of Wrestling with Time was a check the news type of thing and just hang out, relax, mellow out. Featuring the Road Star Rodin, your daily wrestling encyclopedia, conspiracy theorist, politician, possibly in the future, slash entertainer. And for anybody who is still listening, we will be coming out with t-shirt ideas. Oh, yes, we got a bunch. there will be t-shirts coming out soon for 100%. Wrestling with Time. We Make have, sure that you are able to get your first ever wrestling with politics time t-shirt with Joe Biden, Trump, and Joe Rogan on an ep- on a new episode called Factor or Fear. Once the t-shirt is made, We'll make sure to get it out to everybody. Shit's gonna be fire, bro. Shit's gonna be fire. Cause as you know, I'm 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 fucking with Biden, bro. You know, like I, I believe in making America great again. I think yeah. you were telling me the other day that you want to make America fun. Oh, again. we're making America fun again, motherfucker, for sure, bro. We're gonna finally get back out. Gonna have nightclubs. Going out, hooking up with random broads, drinking beers in public places, man. Freedom's coming back, brother. I'm, I'm going to start walking in that shit like I'm Eddie Guerrero, bro. Doing the cha-cha, strutting and cutting like, woo, flair, nature boy, bro. I'm going to bang everything in sight that's got tits and legs because I'm so fucking horny from being pent up for a goddamn year. I'm going to be out there like a fucking animal again. It's going to be Fred Durst. You want to fuck me like an animal? You're damn right I do. <laughs> All right, guys. You guys, uh, everybody out there. I hope you had a fun night tonight. Enjoying. Yeah, we'll be back, bro. We'll be back doing the Starcade '97, and that shit's gonna be a hit. And I will catch everybody later. Sounds good, buddy. I'll catch you later. We're signing off. Wrestling with time. Wrestling with time. Catch you next week. You got it, man.